Come with me to Acts 1. And we've been looking, if you're first time today, we've been looking at this thing called the power of God. The power that's contained in God. It's not outside of God. It's not separate to God. It's contained in God. And God has given us his strength, his power to live a life that he calls us to live. Amen? So as I've been talking about, God does not leave us on our own. He is a perfect father, a good father, and his ways are perfect. And he leaves nothing to chance. So we are fully equipped in him to live a life that he calls us to live. Now those lives may be different for what he asks us to to do, but ultimately we're all heading towards the same goal, which is becoming his bride, which is reigning with him in the millennial kingdom and allowing the kingdom of God to be established in our hearts and minds now. And that third one defines the other two. So God wants to establish his domain, his kingdom. Jesus, the Bible says Jesus is the power, he is the wisdom. If Christ lives within us, then that is the hope of glory. So he doesn't just want, he wants to dwell in us, he wants to reign in us. Paul said, I want to, I'm with you till Christ is formed in you. The formation of his life so we can experience a joy and a peace that was in him. That's what that promise is saying to you, that the God of hope wants you and I to abound in hope. But that hope's not of the world. That life source can't be found in the worldly pleasures or the worldly desires. There is no life in that. There is no life outside of Jesus Christ. And the, 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 the minute we start realizing that as a church, then the quicker we'll actually come into this life. See, we're, we're eating a food source that's tasteless. It's dead. The world will tell you it has life and it has taste and sure enough, yeah, our flesh loves it, but ultimately it's void of any life. It's void of life. And we need to realize that. We actually need to believe that. There's some people here chewing on stuff and you're going, no rubbish, you're still eating because you think it's tasty. You need to believe what I just said and don't believe yourself. You need to believe in what I said, not what you tell yourself. Oh, that's a bit of a challenge, isn't it? There's a way that seems right to a man, but it always ends in death. See, we always think we're right, but we never are until we come into his way. And that's why it's scary, isn't it, to trust in other people that might be in his way more than you are and to listen to them. That is the battle that exists for everyone. And God says, you know what, I've put you together in a marriage to work that one out. We're going to see if this marriage can become one or whether it's all over the place. Because we all come into that with, I'm right, amen, and you need to listen to me. And the woman says, no, I'm right, and you need to listen to me. Then you have kids and they say, we're right, and you need to listen to us. Then you get a dog and the dog says, you guys know nothing, I'm right, and you all need to listen to me. And everybody wants to be kingpin. Everyone wants to be the top. Didn't the disciples say that? Who's the greatest? He's about to go to his death and what they're arguing about, who's the greatest? Hey Jesus, I know you just told us you're going to death, but what I want to know is am I going to be at your right hand with you? How callous is that? How cold is that? I'm going to die. Yeah, I heard that. Whatever, let's move. Now, am I going to be the top dog? (laughs) See, the Bible says those that try and exalt themselves, they get humbled. But those who humble themselves, blessed are the poor in spirit, they get exalted. And God's power, what we've been looking at, will crush your pride and my pride. It will crush my flesh and it will propel me into humility. It will propel me into a life in Christ. 
that is full and on fire. There is no lack. There is an abundance of life in him, in the spirit. But it is of the spirit. The flesh doesn't have a clue about what I just said. But the spirit knows it and knows it well. And Jesus said this to his disciples in Acts 1 verses 4. Gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait To wait. You know, there is so much weight in waiting. To wait. Bible says that, have you ceased from your works yet and entered into his rest? Have you ceased from our works to try and do this thing and create this Christian life? Or have you ceased from that to enter into his rest? See, the way you enter into rest is to wait and wait, and ask, and wait. But in a culture, and in a heart that wants it today, they don't want to wait for nothing. Now. But it says here, go into this place, and wait. What is he waiting for? Oh, it's going to tell us. What the Father had promised, which he said, you heard it from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So here's a promise. So Jesus is promising, go into the upper room, position yourself in prayer, in repentance, and wait for the power that was being promised for you to come upon you, the Holy Spirit, where the power is contained. Come with me down to verse um, 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. So can you see the correlation between what I said? When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you'll receive power. There's your double promise. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power. Power to what? Be my witnesses. Which as we looked at last week, is not just someone who goes around talking about Christ, who is the very demonstration of Christ. Whose life looks like the Christ's. So you are being... The witness, the martyr is the other word. You've laid your life down. You've become a martyr for Jesus. Not just physically dying, your whole life is laid down. And it's, I get up and I no longer pick that up and I walk differently. Paul said, I'm no longer living for myself. I live for him by faith in him. Yep, so we're all dead people walking in this room. We should be. Dead people Walking with new life, new power, living in a completely new way to the way we used to live. That's the challenge. If we're not, then we need to seek the Holy Spirit. We need to get on our face and start repenting and asking, seeking, knocking to come into what I said. Because that is for you as a son. That life is for everyone who puts their faith in the name of Jesus Christ. A new life, a new creation, not an old life tweaked, a brand new life. It's not like you take my Mazda and you tweak it up a little bit. You've got to go buy a brand new car. Completely runs differently, feels different. It's completely different. And I've never been in this car before. Where's the indicator? Where's the wiper? Where's the thing to unlock the boot? Where's the this? Where's the that? I've never been here before. Is that our experience in Christ? You've never been here before. It's a brand new life in Christ. It's not an old life. Tweaked. And the power of God comes to do a work within you to put strength in where you'll say, you know, when I'm weak, I'm strong. What are you talking about, Greg, when you're weak, you're strong? When I'm weak, 
When I've come to the end of me, I'm strong. And I receive more of God's power for that work to be outworked in me and through me and to reside in me because the Holy Spirit is abiding in me and Jesus abides in my heart through faith. So I'm living from another realm. I think differently. I see differently. Um, Noah, God spoke to Noah about building an ark. He'd never seen it. A what? What's an ark? What's that? But he heard and he saw and he was obedient. So he built an ark and everyone else in the land was like, what are you doing, Muppet? What on earth is that? And why do we need that? Because the Lord of hosts has talked to me about something that's coming on the earth and I believe and I've received and so I'm activating on that. True faith. I've heard the word, I've activated on the word faith. I've been justified. And my life looks like what I've been asked to do. There's no disconnect Say and do. Boom. Aligned. Faith. And here we see there's this power when you receive will come on high. Come with me to Acts 2 verse 4. Acts 2 verse 4. They've been in the upper room. They've waited. There's a sound that comes of the spirit. Violent rushing wind it says. Filling the whole house where they were sitting. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Everyone say all Everyone in that room, not one single, even the cat or the dog, filled, maybe, don't know, adding a bit of lip with the Holy Spirit. And then something happened. Something supernatural happened. Began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them. Now, as we know, they were languages of other nations that were in the city. Have you done that? Have you started speaking Russian lately? German? Nicaraguan, South American, whatever the languages are, Liverpoolian, <laughs> start talking like that. That'd be sound if you did. <laughs> Means I could preach like a Liverpoolian, you'd all understand me. <laughs> we should do that one day. I'll preach in Scouse and you can all have the, see if you've got the uh, gift of tongues to understand what I said. But see, something happens of the power, something supernatural happens. There's a shift, there's a change, and a whole lot of other people hear a language. Their own language being declared. And they get awakened to something. Some people go, oh, they must be drunk. Because what we don't understand, we rationalise and we throw under the carpet. Because we're trying to understand it in our minds. We're great at trying to understand God in our minds. Wondering why we're so messed up. Such in bondage. Oh, well, I don't know that fits into my theology. Oh, well, God's going to mess with that. And what's happening, and other people, no, no, these men aren't drunk. Please, they're not drunk. Look at the time that it is. No one's drunk power of God came, the Holy Spirit came and filled people. And there was a shift and there was a change. What about 431? Acts 431. And when they had prayed, ooh, ooh, how much praying do we do? Lord, give me a new day, give me a good sunny day. Now, how much real praying do we do? Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come in my life. I position myself for you to teach me. I don't want to be me. There's nothing good in me. I want to be you in me, giving me a brand new life. And Lord, I'm going to start laying my life down for my brothers and sisters. I'm sick and tired of living for me. There's nothing in that. I've discovered there's nothing in that life. Nothing in the empire building, it's gone. 
absolutely gone. And the Bible says, you'll know them by the way they lay their lives down for one another because I want to be part of a body that's actually about life, not building my own little body on the side. See, and these men are praying, earnestly praying. They were earnestly praying for Peter's release and an angel turns up, doesn't it? And sets them free. But the Bible says they were earnestly praying. What does that even mean? Do we even know what that means? The Bible says that Jesus prayed with supplication, piety in his heart, with humility. He sought his Father because he knew, I can do nothing unless you empower it. I'm absolutely helpless unless you come and do your work. So I, this is Jesus, better be found praying because there is a mission to be accomplished in me and through me, in you and through us. And prayer will activate and unlock so many things. And look, yes, it's okay to pray for your own needs, but that really, if we haven't moved on from that and we've been walking with the Lord for a number of years, we're still in an immature state. So we come in like that. Help me, Lord. That's how I came in. Help me. Here I am again in this messed up position. Help me. And yes, that's how I enter in like a baby, born again like a baby. And as I grow... My prayer life is no longer about me. It's about you. It's about others. It's about him. It's about what he's doing. Why? Because I'm growing and maturing. Eyes off me. Eyes on him and what he's doing. And you know what happens? Your needs get met. And you're not even praying for them. There's a grace and a covering that happens. Why? Because your focus is not on you anymore. It's on him. And as you obey him, he resources. You know, if you obey me, there's a blessing. If you disobey me, there's a curse. And too often we're asking for stuff and not even being obedient. And we wonder why. Man, I don't reward my kids when they're disobedient. That would be dumb parenting, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be telling, oh, if you behave badly, you get a reward. Silly, isn't it? And God's power, he's given us his Holy Spirit and it's going to say here, these people were praying. And when they had prayed, the place where they were gathered together was shaken. You've been in a room where the Spirit comes and shakes. You've been in a meeting where the Spirit comes and just shakes. I don't mean physically. I mean you know he's turned up. You're afraid to even blink. Because Almighty God has just turned up like he's here, but he's come. He's, I heard you. I heard deep cried out to deep and I heard it. And I'm with you. I've had moments with him where he just fills the house, fills where I am, fills the little couch that I'm on. It's just awesomely scary. And here we go again. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. Holy Spirit comes upon the church. We start speaking with boldness. Power of God comes upon the church. Our language starts to shift. Do you know this one that I know? Let me tell you about this amazing person I've met. And boldness comes. And then they moved. And then you start seeing this incredible growth. Here's a thought. Jesus was fully dependent on God's power to be a witness, a martyr. 
And I hope this encourages you and I today is that He is the perfect Son. He is the model that we are to go after and follow. He is and He needed everything we need. Which sort of takes this gap from here to here, doesn't it? It's like, did Peter walk on water? How do you do that as a human? You see, if the gap's so massive, how do you do that? You see, too many of us have got God's up there and we're like right out there somewhere. And that's God and oh, we can't even get anywhere near. No, 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 no. God lives in here, which means I'm as close as this tells me because God lives in here. And God says all things are possible in him and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than I can think and imagine or ask according to the power that works within me. So I'm not God, but God lives in me. And God calls me to live a life of the supernatural and a life of faith, to see things happen in my own life and through my own life and in others, to be part of a people that have come into a reality of truth in the Spirit, where we literally are known for love. The number one thing. And they know him because of our oneness. That's what the Bible says, what I just said. So God gives us himself because he is the power. Jesus is the power, he is the wisdom. And we must wrestle, wrestle, as Lily used to say, wrestle for the reality that the Bible declares and that God has always declared if we want his life. And Jesus is this beautiful model. Come with me to Luke 3. Luke 3.21. I'm just going to power through these. I'll just read them quickly, okay? Luke 3.21. Now, when all the people were baptized, Jesus was also baptized. And while he was praying, heaven was open, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. A voice came out of heaven, you are my beloved son, in you I am well pleased. So the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form. What did Acts 1.8 say? Anyone remember? Let me read it to you. By you will receive the power and the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Luke 24 says, being clothed in the Holy Spirit. So Jesus, Spirit of God, descends upon him. Come with me to Luke 4, across the page, 14. And Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. Acts 10, verses 38. You know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went, and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Luke even says that Jesus was aware, you know, when the guy is being uh, dropped through the roof and his four mates go up on the roof, they rip the hole out, they drop his mate. That Luke 5, I think, says Jesus was aware there was power to heal him. There was power that's released from him. 
when the, uh, when the lady comes up and wants to touch his cloak. Luke 6.19 says everyone was trying to touch him because this power was coming from him. So he was full of the Spirit. He is the perfect example for us to become. The Bible says be perfect like your heavenly Father is perfect. What it means is be mature. Come into the fullness of life that you are called to live from and live from the very position my son did. Do we think that's possible? I hope we do. And God's power has been given to propel us into this. Jesus lived his life on earth in and under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. He lived in and from the power of God operating in him and he knew that he could do nothing of any eternal value without this way of being. Jesus lived his life on earth in and under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. This, I think, is a PowerPoint, Mike. I think. He lived in and from the power of God operating in him, and he knew that he could do nothing of any eternal value without this way of being. We are to be no different. Jesus overcame every situation. This is another one. Circumstance and trial as a man. Jesus overcame everything through the power of God operating in him, which means we too can overcome everything through his power. That's why we've been called to be overcomers. Not in my strength, not in my ability to try and overcome my flesh and the adversary, but through the power of God, the Holy Spirit being filled in me, spending time and being restored and refreshed. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. When Jesus was at the well with the woman, she didn't have a clue who he was. Because she didn't have a clue who he was, she didn't know the gift that came with him, living water, and she didn't know who he was. So she wasn't asking. So are we? Are we? Because do we know him? See, there's a reality, isn't there? See, when you know, you ask in accordance to the one you know. If my kids know that through me they can start using the laptop, they come to me and ask, hey, Dad, can I use the laptop? There's a connection. Do you hear what I'm saying? Yes, because they know they can come to me and I'm the one that holds the authority on the laptop. So he's saying, if you know me, you're asking of me because you know me. But she hasn't got a clue who he is, so she's not asking for living water. That's a gift for her. She's still trying to get fleshly life, natural water, and one is in front of her who is the water. And he says to her, because you do not know the gift and you do not know me, you're pretty much not asking. So there is, and as we've been talking about, reference points. Do you have a reference point for the last three messages? Because I want to encourage you guys, it's for us. It's for you and I. It's for you and I to find in him. There's nothing casual about following Jesus. If it is, you're probably not following Jesus. You're probably not. If I can say that, if your walk with him is casual, there's probably a massive gap between you and him because he wants to take us on a roller coaster. He promises he will take you on a roller coaster ride. 
Life is scary in him, but awesome. You see, when he walked on the water, they thought he was a ghost. Why? Because the gap between them was big. It's me, guys. How come you can't see me? We've been walking together, doing the stuff. And this is what being filled with the Spirit of God does. As you ask and as you seek and as you prepare yourself as a humble vessel, and he starts to fill. And as you ask and seek through this and you start to read and ask him to bring understanding. I was talking to a guy on Friday night. He says, for the first time, this is coming alive because the Spirit is starting to reveal. It's no longer a boring book with boring words about a story that is irrelevant to me. No, I'm in the very thing. I'm in it. I'm living from it. This is happening to me. Stephen is another example to us. Let's go to Acts 6. Acts 6 verses 5. The statement found approval with the whole congregation. So this is all around when the apostles, you know, the people are complaining because there's not enough food and people are getting overlooked. And so they assign seven men to take care of business while the apostles continue to pray and go to the word. And there's something phenomenal here. It says here, what did I say, Acts 6 verse 5. The statement found approval uh, with the whole congregation and they chose Stephen, a man full of what? faith and of the Holy Spirit. Full. How full is full? It's full. He's full of a substance. The substance is faith and the Spirit of God. Come with me now to 8. And Stephen, full of grace and power, was performing great wonders and signs among the people. So once again, this man Stephen is full of a reality. He's full of grace. Make sure you do not come short of grace. Why? So a root of bitterness gets in your heart and by it you defile a whole lot of people. Don't come short. Jesus came full of grace. The church is to live in the fullness of grace, in the fullness of Christ's life. Why? So we're this offensive people. Ping, ping, no offense, ping, ping. Why? Because I've got the armor on. Christ in me is my armor. Why? Because I know him. And the Holy Spirit is forming him within me through the power of his living truth. So I'm living an indestructible life in the one that I follow. We've done such a bad job, I believe, at declaring the truth. And we've minimized it. We've taken this beautiful reality and gone, anyone understand that? No. Let's kick out a lot of the gifts that do, because we don't understand them either, and let's build it. I'm amazed at what man can do without God. Anyone else? We can build a tower called Babel, can't we? We can build towers. We're great at building towers. What about change lives? Transform lives? I can't do that. Anyone else? Can you do that, Chris? I can't even change my own life, but I'm great at building towers. I'm great at empire building. I'm great at building big buildings and attracting a whole lot of people to them through the flesh. 
but I'm not so cool at changing my own life. And I'm not so cool at changing other people's lives. I've tried that, don't work. You see, Jesus said, I build my church, Greg. Not you. I just don't know whether we know what that really means. I didn't. I didn't really know what it meant. I knew I couldn't do it, but I didn't know what it really meant. So I build my people through my power. I build my people through my Holy Spirit. I'm the one that changes people, not through turning up to meetings, being part of discipleship, singing songs, but through my power. So we gather, and I love gathering, and we come to praise, and we ask, seek, and knock, and we come hungry that some change will happen. So over a number of years, through his power and my engagement and my relationship with God, I'm changing. Are we changing? Are we different people? I hope we are, because that's our reference point for whether we're growing. Is our changing? I can give you testimony of the love of the Father, great love of the Father, the life, the thing. Not I, I mean, can we? And so that's our indicator, our barometer as to whether he is building us. When stuff happens, when pressure comes, how do I respond to how I used to respond? Am I still worrying about the same stuff I used to worry about five years ago? My dad, bless him, was a worrier. He would worry himself sick, literally. But I have a reality that says there's no anxiousness in Christ. Why are you worrying? Because there's a work that I still want to do to set you free through the power of my spirit and bring the church into this indestructible overcoming position. See, Stephen is being stoned to death and he says, Father, forgive them. Why? Because he's full of faith and he's full of the Spirit of God. He's able, the man is able to demonstrate what Christ demonstrated. He's able to say the same words that Christ did. He's able to offer the same love standing in front of the darkest Sanhedrin that you could be in and declaring to them the truth. See, when the Spirit came upon those men in Acts, what did they do? They preached the word in front of opposition that were about to kill them. Well, if we're his people and leading his spirit, that's what God's going to expect of us. You can't have him and not have his life. You know what I'm saying? And God's power, the anointing, Jesus was full of the power and the spirit, enabled him, once again, as I say, fully God, but fully man, as a man, to go to that cross and overcome the cross as a man. He could have called upon angels. He could have called upon, but he didn't. The power of God, the anointing that he was filled with, kept him there. I thank God he did. And he says, Greg, you can experience this life, son. You can experience a resurrected life. It's not just symbolic. It's not just lovely abstract stuff. It's to be experienced, to be realized. The truth is to be realized. Not just, oh, I've got all this information in my head. Oh, I sound great. I just can't live it. 
then what's the point? And here's this incredible man. Look at Mark 10, 27. All things are possible with God. This all word, eh? All things. Say that to yourself. All things. All things. If you, you need to, we need to encourage ourselves. If we're, feeling, if, if we're in a position where we're not in a great posse, are you going to start encouraging yourself? You know? David encouraged himself. We've got to start. It's, uh, whatever it takes. It's a whatever it takes thing. All things are possible with you, Lord. Mark 9, 23. We prayed that before. If you can, all things are possible. All things. See, what we've done, I believe, is leadership and the body is we've substituted his power for our own strength. Because we don't understand him. We don't understand his ways. So we then have to come up with another strategy. So we substitute his power for our power. That's a good fit, isn't it? I can do all things who Greg strengthens me. We even take that scripture and we twist it. And this is what we've done. We've substituted. We've substituted commitment for surrender. So we're committed. We're just not surrendered. So we're committed to ourselves in his name. We're just not surrendered. See, our surrender has to define our commitment. Otherwise, you're committing yourself, yes, to him in his name, but you're going to do it your way. Because there hasn't been a surrendering through the breaking of his power and his spirit coming upon you to lead you into. So now my commitment to Christ is defined through my surrender to Christ. Same with his power. We don't know his power. Maybe we never have a reference point for it. The spirit of God we don't have a reference for. We prayed a prayer 20 years ago and we're trying to do this thing, but it always just seems hard. But when the power of God, when the anointing of the spirit comes upon a person, there's power to start preaching, speaking differently, living differently. And God has given it to us, guys. The challenge is, like we've been saying, is what are we going to do about it? What are we going to do? What do we want to do? I read and I see and I've come into and live in a realm that's incredible. Incredible realm of life. Abound in hope. Yes, Lord, thank you. Thank you, I'm abounding in hope. I have a living testament. I abound in hope. I'm living for the future. I'm living in the futures now. Everything's being put into its place because of a greater dimension of his him. And that enables you to go, yep, that can go there. That, that, that would have taken me out three years ago. That goes there. That goes there. Sweet. Chill out. Why? Because the power of God and the Holy Spirit is leading me into all truth. Starting to have a life within me. Starting to come forth. Roots going deep. What does it say? Established in love. That you would know as all the saints this love. For too long it's set. It's it's just stayed out here somewhere. It's like this abstract concept. 
that we say yes in agreement to, but we don't live in in. We have to agree with him. Agree with what he says is true. Then accept it, receive it, believe it, and allow it to go do a work in us. But that's going to take time, and that's going to take a pursuit, and that's going to take a letting go of a whole lot of other priorities for that to happen. Because I mean, it says go and wait. I ain't got time. I'm so busy. Well, you're going to have to make it or not. And something's got to give. Last thing, just come with me to Matthew 7. Matthew 7. See, the problem is, and just before we get there, if man builds his church, it can look good. And if we don't have discernment, then we can get caught up in this plastic version of something that we think is what he said it is, but there's no building happening. Because man knows how to build church really well. If man can build Babel, you better believe he can build a counterfeit version of what Jesus said. They may not realise they're doing it, but we're great at it. But once again, what is the goal? The goal is to change life. That's what you would measure yourself by. So if you're going to do an MRI scan, if you're going to judge your life, the Bible says not to judge it by your own standards, because that's totally dumbness. You'll come up with the report you want. It says you have to judge it through his judgment. And that will tell you where we're at. So it's transformation. It's change. And that's how we know if any real building is happening. That's why we've got to walk together, eh? Because all of a sudden there's this humility that comes upon us. There's this, whoa, I think we we need him. Oh, yeah, good. Good. I think we actually have to sort of get a little bit lower here. You know, get off the pedestal. Am I going to be the greatest? You know, get off the podium and get down. What does it say? That God takes the things that aren't and makes them as they are? get down on the floor and then get back up because those who are humbled I'll exalt and then encourage others to really get on the journey of the building work because it takes time that's the one thing you know like for someone like me who I just want to see so much happen this is are you prepared to give the people time instead of rushing them from A to B because you think in your mind what it's about is going to change the world. So we don't have time to get order and healthiness here because we've got to go a world to save. Greg, have you got the time to allow me because I can change a world like that. I came to seek and save a world. I actually asked the church to love me and love one another. So, Greg, as a leader, do you have the time? Because I have the time, son. I have time. I'm outside of time. I've got as much time as I want. Do you? You hear what I'm saying? Greg, do you have the time to let me build my church while you think it might be about going saving the world? And he had to do a rewiring in my brain. Because up until six years ago, I was driving everyone here to go reach a lost world. 
Because I thought that's what the ultimate goal was. And God had to show me, no, that's not the ultimate goal. That's an outcome of people knowing me and loving me. And they will do that authentically 24-7 when they know me, son. And when they fall in love with me because they'll have my heart. That's why you're struggling so much, son, to try and motivate these people. Because lead them to me, stop leading them to the world and they will reach a lost world and your life will be fun, free and easy. For my burden is light, says the Lord, it wasn't light. Trying to motivate, mobilize, strategize, move all the pieces around the puzzle, go round and round and round, do all the training, do all the equipping, turn up. Are we ready to go, Mel? Where is everybody? I've learnt the hard way. I'm preaching from a realm that I know is true. And God's power will do such a work and propel you into his heart and his life that where we struggle for prayer, you'll find passion for prayer. Where you struggle to read, you'll have a passion to read. Where you struggle for having a heart for lost people, you'll have a heart. Where you struggle to love your spouse, you'll start loving them. When you struggle to love your kids, you'll start loving them. Why? Because the Father is in you, moving through you, and you now have his ability to live and live from and live through. Completely different. You see, the building that comes, the two houses, and the waves come and hits, one that's built on the rock will stand, and the one that's built on sand will fall. And we all think that's about non-Christian and Christian. No. The one whose life is built on the rock stands, and the one whose life is built on sand, is your life being built on the rock? When persecution, trial, tribulation, it's coming, guys. What if we go over to France and we're in France? It's coming. Me and Jeanette were talking about this, Jeanette Van B. Are we going to be hope? You see, when the trial comes, when the bomb goes off, when the, someone dies, are we going to be hope? Or are we going to be running around manic like everyone else? Because this is not home. This is, a, this is a temporary landing place to see his kingdom come in me and through me to prepare me for my apprenticeship for something far greater. But while I'm here, I'm laying my life down to see his kingdom come because he's coming with it. So I'm laying my life down to see a spiritual kingdom birthed on the earth because the one of the kingdom is coming to establish it literally. So what am I doing with the years that I've got here with my life? Am I preparing the way for the Lord? Am I like John the Baptist, preparing the way for the coming king? Am I someone who is a voice to my friends, my neighbourhood, my workplace, strangers? Am I being a voice for the one who's coming? Am I preparing a way in my life and through my life and because I love and others? Or do I not even know what I just said existed for us? And that's okay, but I'm telling you today. You see, there's such a reality for you and I to enter into beyond what I've ever known. But it's for us. It's for us. It's for us. It is for us. But the house that is built on the sand does not, crumb, does not stay up. Do you know what's really scary? I only saw this about a year ago. Is the context before that. So generally this is what we do. We preach this from Matthew 7, 24 and we say this, Therefore, Everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. 
What words? Well, the words that precede that and the words that he's about to speak. So when it's the words that precede that, therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them, Matthew seven twenty one, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. See, it puts a slightly different spin now on this, the scripture. Is that, you know what? You say, Lord, Lord, you do these things in my name, but actually I don't know who you are. Everyone who hears these words is like a man who builds his house on the rock or the sand. So you can, you can take that on its own and then you, as you look at it before and after, the picture shifts. So, yes, are we going to be a people because we're seeking, Spirit of God comes, fills us, does a work within us. We are a house. We have a temple of the Holy Spirit. The work is being done. We are bounding in hope. So as pressure comes, trials come, not even that, just life, we walk and we walk tall. And others look and they go, how on earth does that happen? Because I've watched your life, I've seen what you've gone through, that would have taken me out. Cena got up last Sunday night at at furnace and shared this phenomenal position she's in where she said, you know, she went through turmoil some years ago losing close family friends. Sorry, not friends, family members. Too much. A mum and a dad and a sister. You know what she said to me? And then she said, you know what she said? She said, I'm in a love that he's brought me into through that tragedy. I'm in a love that's in me, and I know it's there, through going through hell of losing those people within a close vicinity. And she's testifying to a life in her which is him. And I'm sitting there and my heart's jumping off the page and I'm going, you've got to share that at the prayer thing at night. You've got to share that. And she did. You see, in him is life. And it's a life that goes beyond our mental capacity to understand it. There is a peace that goes beyond our comprehension. That you find yourself living from something that makes no sense. But you're living from it. And God's Holy Spirit and His power is what brings us into it and does it work over time. Not like, boom, there it is all in one hit. No, 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 no. Over time, as we seek, as we ask, as we knock, that means keep seeking, keep asking, keep knocking, keep seeking, keep asking and knocking. Because how much more would the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? How much more will the Father give our Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask. Amen? So we live differently. Father, I thank you. Lord, and I thank you that you are building us, this church, on a hill. And I pray you're building other communities. And I pray, Lord, for the leadership of those communities. And I pray they are seeking you with all they have. 
I pray, God, that they are doing what you're asking them to do. And we lift every community up to you in the city and this nation. Your church, Lord, you love us. And you will work with us all. You've been working here. You're going to continue to work here. You're going to continue to love us into submission. You're going to continue to woo us into this incredible life of the Spirit. You're going to continue to come and challenge us and to encourage us and to rebuke us and to teach us through your power and your spirit and your truth. You want the very best for us as your children. Lord, you want us to be sons who know who they are in you. They know their authority and they live from that place, seeing your kingdom come within us, heart and mind, and then through us, seeing those that we love, those that are our friends, those our neighbours, our strangers, our workmates, people we don't even know in supermarkets, Lord, that we can be used by you, Lord, to, to paint, to demonstrate and paint a reality of you. Father, this world is in dire, dire need of a saviour. And as we hear every day, Lord, there is atrocities happening and it's just getting worse. And whether it's in our lifetime or not, your return, we don't focus on that. We focus on you. And we focus now being changed today, Father. In the event it is our lifetime, we will be strong and we will be a church of hope and we will abound in hope and we will be hope to a lost world, the light of the world, on a hill, Father, for we are salty. We have not lost our salt, but we are a salty people because we know you and we're allowing you to build us through the power of your Spirit, God. So Lord, I pray that we would be born again. I pray that we would see your kingdom. I pray that we would be born of water and spirit, that we would enter into the kingdom and live from the kingdom that is within us. Live from your love. Live from your rest. Live from your peace. Live from your joy. So Lord, just as we prayed last week, hold us if we're breaking. Hold us. If we're in the fullness, hold us on this journey of transformation. May we hold one another. May we be present for one another. May we encourage one another. And Lord, may we love one another with the love of the Father that's in all of us, Father, to the measure that it's there. So Lord, thank you for what you're doing. And we just ask these things in the powerful name of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus. Amen.